Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world, and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage and microgrid solutions. And KimPower, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. I'm your host, Francie. I am joined by Kyle, and today we have some pretty big news for anyone who's absolutely at all interested in the EV landscape, especially when it comes to charging and owning an EV and being able to successfully charge it on the road. I'm going to pass it off to Kyle to let you know what we're talking about today. Take it away. Well, sure. Let me set the stage. Charging sucks in America. We all know that for non-Tesla EV drivers. Uh, We have multiple public charge point operators up until 2024 that have been doing a very poor job, all of them, at providing consistent, reliable, easy-to-use EV charging. It's just the case. Sorry to be so harsh about it, but that's where we are. And... um, This uh, is in contrast to some of the fantastic electric vehicles that automakers are producing. We have Hyundais and Kias that can charge at 240 kilowatts. We have Taycans now that can do 335 kilowatts. We have, you know, even inexpensive electric cars like a used e-golf, like I just bought one for three grand. And there's bolts that also are having issues interfacing and charging with the public networks. It's not just a high power issue. It's just a major multitude of issues across all of the networks. So uh, this caused some major frustration with every automaker who sells and produces or just really sells electric vehicles in America. And uh, Ford was the first one to really go, we need to make a change. I guess Jim Farley and Elon got together. They said, hey, Ford is going to have access to the supercharger network. And that was a huge competitive access, uh, competitive advantage uh, for Ford EVs over the competition, of course, because now you can buy 
not just a Tesla, but a Ford EV and have a fantastic charging experience. We expect we have a lot of videos to do on this. Every other automaker for the most part has followed suit, except surprisingly VinFast and Stellantis. I'm sure they will switch at some point. The NACS port J3400 is the new standard port in our market. That is the, the US spec port now. And Canada, of course. So North American charging standard wasn't true when they announced the name. Now it's true. Um, Beyond that, the Tesla supercharger network will provide at least charging stations based off of previous history that are up and running and working, but it is only designed primarily for Tesla vehicles at the moment. They have Mm -hmm. short cables that you have to get really close up to. They're designed for a front right or back left charging port location, just the way that they're spaced. And it's not engineered to service every vehicle on the road. And even less so than the German Tesla charging network, or I should say the European one, because even in the Nordic countries, they have a lot of pull throughs and things that can make it easier to interface with non-native port locations. Mm -hmm. Another issue is with the rapid advancement of electric vehicles on the road, there have been some insanely high charging speed vehicles and insanely high voltage electric vehicles coming to market. Lucid Air, 926 volts, fully charged. I mean, the Tesla supercharger network can only go up to 500. And I think it technically communicates like 460 something. Hmm. And so then you need onboard boosters and vehicles to interface with this older uh, sort of lower voltage technology that Tesla is using. Uh, But Tesla is going to update their network to version four, but there's no clear timeline. There've been version four dispensers installed, but not chargers, not the cabinets. So they still have the voltage issues. And ultimately, I think all of the automakers agreed, including me, that says, you know what? Tesla is great. We are going to all go and use the Tesla network and offer this, you know, amazing charging network to our customers. But there's still more to be desired. And there still needs to be competition in the charging space. And then seven of them got together. Francie will walk us through who they are and created this new charging consortium. And that new name of the charging consortium is Francie. Tell us. Iona. Iona or Iona? Or Iona. I don't really know. I-O-N-N-A. Ion North America, kind of, if you break it down like that. And yes, so the consortium, as you say, is BMW, GM, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, Mercedes, and Stellantis, which is interesting because you were just saying how Stellantis hasn't announced their next plans, but they are apparently a part of this big seven automakers with one mission. So, Kyle, when this first came around, you know, this was announced a while ago and I was working in the public EV charging space and it was kind of like, well, okay, I guess the automakers are going to take it into their own hands, but what is going to make their effort distinct from the the ones that exist already in North America? So have your impressions of how this is going to go or your concerns, or maybe, you know, you're probably not that, if you're excited about it, but how has that changed from the announcement to now? What you think, how you think this effort is going to go? Well, just on the name, I don't know, Iona, know if I like the name so much. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of, I've already seen the comments, which is like, I don't know about this. Uh, it's great. So, first of all, the name, I can't complain. I'm not good at naming things. So, yeah. whatever, it doesn't matter as long as we have chargers in the ground. Of course. I, I have some concerns and I've had some concerns because 
today the news is the name and the new CEO announcement, which we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and but- you can visit their website, of course, ionaiona.com. And they also have over 30 careers job postings that we'll get into as well. So. Yeah, awesome. Look, very much looking forward to learning more about this throughout this podcast. But um, my concerns in the past have been you're getting seven automakers from seven, or not seven, but many different regions of the globe that don't all speak the same language. And I don't mean that in terms of physical translation or literal translation, but I mean in the way that they reference certain things. Like I was talking to the Honda Prologue engineers about working with GM on the Prologue uh, Blazer collaboration. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we had to spend like a year just understanding what the other company meant by this and that so that we're all talking the same you know, language. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, dang, this is interesting. So now you're going to get seven automakers with completely different vehicles, with completely different sustainability goals, with completely different charging power requirements, with completely different charge port locations in one room. And it's either going to be incredible and it's going to work great, or it's going to not work at all. And so what I don't know is, will this be a repeat of Electrify America, or will this be the saving grace of you know our charging woes in our market and this is something that is so important to me this this company has huge impacts and will have huge impacts more than anyone realizes on the charging landscape in our market this is the make it or break it of course the tesla supercharger network will be there as the backup that's awesome but we really need another one that provides way more charging ports that can service way more vehicles to have some real good competition because right now there is no good competition in the U.S. other mm-hmm. than Tesla charging. Yeah, a backup plan to a backup plan. Yeah, so this is pretty interesting. You speak to these very different parties with, you know, hopefully one shared mission, as they say here, but coming from very distinct backgrounds, cultures, mission and goals, and internal goals that they're having to share in this external group. And, you know, they announced this a while ago. I'm sure they've been working to figure out who exactly is even going to be on the initial team that we'll get into one person we know at least who is on the initial team the ceo but it makes me curious about how they're really aligning and communicating in with how they're going to do this because they're also having to learn how exactly do we build the team out what are the most important roles what is the background that we need with as you're saying you know not these like different languages however you want to interpret that uh, across the group so uh, it's pretty interesting to see how they're going to coordinate and strategize internally. Perhaps there's an internal mediator even, or or a few there. So we'll have to see. Like you said, I think this is definitely a potential turning point, and t- it would be so deeply disappointing if it was a flop. Well, we have some things. Okay. Well, I, I, you know me and charging. I have we have, a have a low bar, but I also have like no. I don't think anyone's going to be able to do this properly. So I really hope they prove us wrong. And one thing that's not starting out on the right foot, I think, is out of spec, got no communication about this ahead of the press release going live. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like we cover this space pretty closely, more than anyone. And like, you know, at least you could let us know. We could do a whole launch party. We could, you know, get people on camera, do interviews, really make people feel good about the Iona network and like, let's start that relationship. And it's just like, nope, we find out when the link gets posted. Mm. So I'm not convinced right off the bat they understand who to talk to at least. Hmm. That is a really interesting point because more and more research that I do in this space, every single part along the way, I don't care how big or how small or at the beginning or at the end, collaboration and transparency is so key. So um, I think, yeah, obviously you've been covering this for so long. 
public EV charging is a huge topic and to not include media and well-informed in media is uh, an interesting decision for sure. So where do we want to go to next? Let's go to the official release that was posted just minutes before we started recording this right. podcast. Let me hop there. It's Here under we go. news and then, yep. yep. So the, the title, I'll read it really quick, is High Powered EV Charging Network, Iona, Begins Operations in North America. Okay. They begin their operations February 9th, 2024. Like they said, you know, joint venture, they plan to deploy a minimum of 30,000 chargers within the first, with the first charging stations expected to open in the U.S. in 2024, followed by Canada. All right, 2024, there's a whole rest of the year left. We are in February. And then, of course, the chief executive officer, Seth Cutler, formerly of EV Connect. And this is was effective the first of February, but that's not all of his background, is it, Kyle? No. Well, so okay, I I don't know Seth personally, or maybe I have met him before, but um, I, I at least don't know him well. Um, okay, this is very curious to me. I don't want to start everything off just like hammering everyone and not you know because we're pretty harsh on charging networks, so we need to give them the time to mm -hmm. figure everything out. But I think these folks really need to realize that public perception and reliability are so important to actually the transition to electric vehicles. Because if people can't rely on a network, they're not going to buy an electric vehicle. And right off the bat, after I posted the things on Twitter and LinkedIn, we're already getting the comments. I know it's going to come up. Seth's previous job was, let me just pull up, I'm just pulling up his LinkedIn here so I don't get this completely wrong. He was, he's now the CEO of IANA. Before that, he was the president and COO of EV Connect, which is sort of a network uh, running uh, charging stations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a few years below that, right, this is, you know, he, he then went to Super Aluminum Castings, Patriot Founding and Castings. He was the president of Ermac Foundry and Machining. So he had a couple different things, just a few months of time. Maybe those were just rebrandings. I don't know. But for two years and six months, he was the chief engineer of electric vehicle infrastructure for Electrify America. Right. It says here in the release as well, he had orchestrated the development and implementation of a high-powered charging network as chief engineer in the early phase of Electrify America. So, Oof, early that's not a good background. I would take that off my resume if I were him. I mean, I, I think it is interesting. Electrify America has one of the worst uh, reputations in the EV charging space. Sure, they are abundant in their locations, but reliability of them has been hugely mm, not reliable. <laughs> not yeah, there. So, I mean, the mark. He was the chief engineer. So mm -hmm. it, basically what I think Electrify America did in the early days that was extremely impressive was build out electrical grid interconnections, mm -hmm. you know, basically having transformers and high power units in the ground extremely fast at a huge rate. And they really nailed that. They found good locations, not great. Walmarts aren't great, but you know, they had to get them in the ground. They made some cool partnerships. They put high power connections in. That's the hardest part. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure based on this, that Seth, um, had any role in that. He said, um, yeah, maybe it did, but he also, you know, worked on the cloud backend, thousands of chargers, and uh, something to manage and monitor the network. Those are all things that just suck on Electrify America. So yeah. I, I hate to be, again, we should really reach, this is why it would be awesome if Iona could call us ahead of something like this, so we don't just get the wrong impression right. looking from the outside I in, but this is this our raw impression. Coming from a mile away, right? If you're working in media. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like they knew this was coming. So at least they know like next time call us so we can like learn and like meet this dude and have an interview before we just go looking at the resume. So I want to take one quick pause. If we, you know, obviously we have, we are skeptics. We have some cynicism here. Not that it's unjustified. What do you think are some benefits to having seven automakers working together on this? Money, research and development, the resources behind them. Yeah. If they get aligned, there's tremendous potential here. Absolutely. And the huge commitments, huge spending going. I think it's great that one of the, you know, that the main CEO is not coming from a particular automaker, but coming from an agnostic source to try and, you know, manage all of the parties. He's going to have a tough job. Not only is he going to have to build and install charging infrastructure everywhere, but he's also going to have to manage the expectations of all of these automakers on different timelines with different spend requirements. And it's going to be really really crazy. You know what that reminds me of is that, you know, before this really broke, I was doing some sleuthing earlier because some mice were whispering in my ear and I found this page, ayana.com slash news slash CEO. And I haven't refreshed it since I first found it, but it says new CEO yesterday's date, February 8th. And then it says lorem ipsum Dolores sit amit. And of course, you know, we see just weird things when pages aren't developed, but this does translate into the pain of an average man, which is kind of what you were just talking about. This might be a very painful transition <laughs> for this man. <laughs> yeah, Taking it's possible. On. I mean, that's like the, the typical lorem ipsum, everything, you know, starts this way with generated text. But I like that you went through and actually translated it. I never knew what it meant. Um, there you go. It's Latin. Yeah, there you go. Just kind of, you know, pain of an average man. I mean, it's going to be a tough job. So the big question is, is Seth the guy to do it? Well, if seven automakers agree, then there must be something cool about him. He's got to know what's up. But the track record, you know, I, I'm not sure what happened at EV Connect recently. I do know that they were having expansion and some good things going. So ultimately, I think it would be great to have a conversation. It'd be great to have him on this podcast as soon as possible for interviews so that you and I can get to know him. We can feel him out. We can feel out the Iona thing. And we can really, you know, say mm-hmm. is this, you know, predicted to work or not. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we don't know what hardware they're going to be using. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for Alpitronic stuff. Uh, and also chem yeah. power and also, you know, all of the other really high quality charging hardware. Sure. I can't imagine they're just going to go with one charging hardware. I think it's going to have to be multiple. No one could do 30,000 chargers in a year. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's going to be a bunch. I mean, it makes me wonder, you know, of course, they've probably looked into this a bit, but I'm sure they've been have a lot of things that they have been prioritizing into actually building up the company on the back end. But they do, you know, have these over 30 job openings, which we can kind of go to, you know, if you're interested, just feel free to. Yeah. So they have a technical director, hundred grand a year. Yeah. Doesn't seem like enough. Um, yeah. So they have everything from a uh, charge point management system software uh, opening, but so yeah, over 30 job openings and including the chief engineer of charging technology, which they asked for just by the way, just some context, 10 over 10 years of experience with charging technology and then deep technical understanding of OCPP, ISO 15118 and DIN. And then they have the CPMS lead over five years of work of experience with charging technology and a knowledge base similar to the chief engineer of charging technology, including an extensive experience in developing and managing cloud software to manage and maintain charging equipment. Seems pretty basic to the point, but yeah, a hundred thousand dollars. Um, I don't know. You're taking on a big, a, a big leap of faith, but not I, a lot of money. It's, it's not a ton for, uh, how, how pretty, you know, monumental this effort will be. I, I totally agree. And I'm sure for the right guy, they'd bump up the, the pricing there, but yeah, it's all to be so, so here's what is, 
is really going to be the telltale. The CEO is only one part of this Iona situation. Oh, yeah, head of you state. Have, you have the automakers as well, but they're creating an entirely new company here, a joint venture, and it is all about the people. And so the my question is, are the people, they're asking for a lot of people with experience. And yes, you need people with experience, but all of the people with experience in this industry have all not built a good charging network. Not one of them is good. Even Tesla has issues. I'm just saying this to be totally transparent. Mm-hmm. Are there actually enough talented people in our market in the US to pull this off? I think that is a really interesting challenge that they're in charge of, which is building this team and figuring out what kind of backgrounds they want or just attitudes and motivations because it's, it's a, it is not... a just a reinvention of the wheel because the wheel ain't rolling. So they have to really, I think, take a whole new strategy. But I mean, do you think it's looking to other countries that have done the right thing and recruiting from there into North America? Because like you said, a lot of the issues here are not reflected in other regions. I think there's a very small group of people on the entire planet that if you can get the right folks together, no no one could compete with them. But it's like, you got to start pulling and cherry picking. You can't just say anyone applies. Like you need the right people in the right Mm -hmm. roles. I think we've seen from Electrify America, the wrong people in the wrong roles. And Mm -hmm. that is partially what led to, um, I would say, you know, the the current failure of the network. It is improving. There's things happening, but it has been rough for five years. I mean, that's crazy. So I think totally different approach here is needed. Yeah. And um, I, I agree. And not too fast, right? You know, of course, we need electric vehicle charging that is reliable, actually, as quickly as possible. But to roll out something, just to throw it out there, uh, I think that, you know, I don't think that that's the approach. I think it should be small pilots to make sure what they work because they don't, you know, I, but they say they're going to have it by the end of 2024. So if it's there, on the ground. there are a bunch of electric vehicles driving around for years and years, my e-golf is 10 years old as an example, or sure. I don't even know how 26, yeah. uh, you know, almost 10 years old. My Coda is over 10 years old. These are cars that get driven. They have extreme weather changes. They're crashing into bumps. They're getting smacked into things They're They live a really harsh life, but they still work after yeah. 10 plus years of abuse. Yeah. A charger that just sits in a parking lot that doesn't go anywhere, that sometimes is covered, breaks within one year. Mm -hmm. Almost guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So we really need whatever the Toyota Corolla of charging is, which is just something that will not die. You can't break it. That's reasonably priced. That's Mm -hmm. reasonable to look at. That's easy to use for a general consumer. And then put those everywhere. So a lot of this is hardware. Much of it is software and integration. A lot of it, of course, is the interoperability between the cars, the hardware, and the back-end networks. Yes. And this... very early on, we'll know if Iona's got it or not. Oh my gosh, yeah. Take a case study from everything that has tried to work in North America, point out all of the failures, figure out how not to repeat those. Yeah, I mean... uh it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch this and I hate that we're coming off a little harsh at the beginning but I think it's important that they know because they've never spoken to us before and that our audience knows that like this has to work and if it doesn't it's like out of spec can be your best friend or your worst enemy. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet but uh I hope we can at least have a working relationship to mm-hmm. tell their stories to learn and share the message of all charge point operators across the US. It's not starting off well with no notes or information to us from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And so I really hope the PR department's like, holy crap, like 
you know, there, there's us, there's other outlets out there as well oh, yeah. that, that we need to get the stories out. That's what we're here for. This is absolutely, this is the transportation system in North America. This is huge. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. It carries a lot of weight and we will follow it with integrity and, you know, praise and criticism where, and just analysis along the way. That's really what we're doing. And we know that all of y'all that are tuning in are interested as well. So we will make sure to stay up to date. I look forward to yeah, hearing more from their team and seeing what the next news is. Yeah, let's get Seth on this podcast as soon as he's able to, um, or even some of the engineers working on it. So seriously, open invite. Come on, tell the story. Let's be transparent. We know it's tough to start a new company. I can't imagine the difficulties that they're going through just working through seven automakers. It's got to be transparent. People have to have confidence that the right people are running this. Otherwise, the electric vehicle transition will be pushed back another few years to come. Let's not do that. Right. Right. It's so important. I don't think people realize how important this consortium of charging is. It is. Let's take the bull by the horns. All right. Uh, thank you, Kyle, for coming on the course and uh, let us know what you think, y'all. Really interested to hear. And like I said, yeah, interested in getting some of their team onto the podcast. We'll stay tuned. Thank you for tuning into the Out of Spec podcast. We will see you next time on the next episode. Bye bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details